Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, and I'm here with Mella, Josh, and Lacey. We want to start off by saying thank you for pressing play. Thank you for being here. Whether you are a loyal listener or you're here for today's movie, we thank you. If you like what you hear, hit subscribe. If you love what you hear, leave us a review. Apple Podcast, Spotify now, leave us five stars. Find us on social media, interact with us at Cinephile Attack, Twitter and Instagram. If you have a suggestion for a new episode, something you want to hear us argue about, because that's what we do, and we Mm -hmm. do it well, (laughs) email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. You heard that right, fuckos. You can five star on Spotify now. (sighs) So no excuse, no excuse for Android users. Five star on Spotify. Sean, that was lovely. That was a good intro. Thank you. Not you. Nobody's talking to you. Hi, my friends. Hey, Rashani. Hey. How are you guys doing? Good. A little sleepy, but good. Same. Mm-hmm. Late night? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Took a trip to Northern California a little bit. Not in reality, though, because that's something we could do, but we didn't. Go with it, Josh. Just go with it. Uh, isn't the first rule of improv to deny, deny, deny? <laughs> no. Um, I know we're uh, gearing up for uh, our year in review in a few weeks. Has anyone watched anything significant? Watched something that won't end up on my best of the year list, but I want to talk about. Um, Sure. Lisa and I finally watched Pig with Nick Cage. Mm -hmm. A deeply sad movie, but very good. One of the best things I've seen Nick Cage in in years, years and years and years. Really well directed. I'm excited to see what that director does. He just got handed the the reins for the next quiet place movie so i'm very excited to see what happens there it's on hulu now it's sad and dark and interesting it's very interesting it's a great character exploration movie every character is very well defined and very well performed and it's just deeply sad there's a play by samuel beckett called crap's last tape and it's a play about this older man who re-listens to audio tapes from his life and about his wife it felt like this maybe was at the root of some inspiration for that it was worth the watch for sure i enjoyed it a lot yeah um it felt like if john wick met ratatouille (laughs) yeah the the dinner that he cooks um yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad yeah, you guys the scene it. with his old employee in the fancy schmancy restaurant. Yeah, that's the scene everyone talks about. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Melabella? So I, it's not a movie, but a little special. I watched the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter Return to Hogwarts. Me too! Dude, it was so good. Cried literally from jump. Like as soon <laughs> as they were bringing out everybody... I don't know why I have no connection to Elena Bonham Carter like that. But as soon as she pulls the newspaper down and she winks, like coming soon, I uh, lost it. I think it's it, it was so well done. 
you know how sometimes when reunions happen, some of the cast, you can kind of tell that they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, I got to go. I'm going to get a check. This one didn't have that feeling. I felt like everyone was super, like, nostalgic and emotional and just, like, proud. You know, Harry Potter is a huge part of cinematic history now. Yeah. And to see a cast of people who are, like you said, Mel, are just genuinely proud of the work that they did and to see them all be just genuinely good people, mm-hmm. it was it was a very nice breath of fresh air for sure. Like I don't really have a connection to the books, as we know. I don't know how to read, um, so I just <laughs> <laughs> I just I watched all the movies. Um, it was like obviously like a Thanksgiving Christmas time. The Harry Potter's out. We're gonna go watch it. And so I have a connection to those. So if you, even if you didn't read the books or vice versa, I feel like you should just watch it, especially if you're like in your thirties. Like I feel like mm-hmm. you're gonna have that connection, connection no matter what, because we were like what eight when all of the books came out. We yeah. like grew up with them, right? So we did. You're gonna have that nostalgia whether you think you don't or not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. The time has come. What are we fighting about today? We're Shawnee. Yes, Carmela. Today we are fighting about 2022's Scream. Scream. Hello? It's happening. Three attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha, I'm, I know who you are. I've been through this a lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready for this? Never. There are certain rules to surviving. Scream is a 2022 horror slasher directed by Radio Silence, Matt Bettinelli Open, and Tyler Gillette. It was written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. It stars Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera, Dylan Minnette, Jack Quaid, Mikey Madison, Mason Gooding, Marley Shelton, Jasmine Savoy Brown, and the holy trinity of David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and the final girl, Nev Campbell. The uh, final one, girl. The mm. final girl. I never forgot what you said about Jamie Lee Curtis, though. I never, I will never forget that, Lisa. I said what I said. This movie is set 25 years after the original Woodsboro murders, when a new ghost face reappears and begins targeting a new group of teenagers who have connections to the original film. And once the killings begin, some of the town's secrets begin to reveal themselves. So, this movie... I don't even know where to start. (laughs) (laughs) Breathe, baby, breathe. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. There's no way for me to overstate what this franchise means to me. There was a point in time where I just thought we would not get a Scream movie again. And I was okay with that because we lost Wes Craven shortly after Scream 4. Uh, This is the first movie not directed by him. This is the first movie not even slightly written by Kevin Williamson. There was a little scuffle fallout during Scream 3. He's not the 
credited screenwriter on that movie. Um, so this is fresh. This is new. Um, we all enjoyed Ready or Not. And when Radio Silence came on to direct this new installment, there was hope. There was anticipation. There was nervousness. <laughs> and uh, I made the choice to go into this movie blind. I did not see a single trailer. I saw maybe a few in- images and I kind of avoided any casting announcements and everything. Um, and so we saw it. We saw it last night. And um, I love this movie so much. Ah, <laughs> oh my goodness. Let me say to the listeners really quick. When we all go see a movie together, like, the first thing we do is unpack it for at least 30 minutes after the movie. And we all Mm -hmm. knew we were going to get on the mic today and talk about it. So not knowing where anyone stands right now is driving me crazy. (laughs) So, yeah, that is very correct. (laughs) Because we we stood outside and I just kind of stared at the ground for a little bit. And I looked up and everyone was looking at me and I was like, I don't know. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> we, just had to, we just had to leave the parking lot. I was trying so hard to not, like, just stare at you throughout the whole movie. Like, anytime something happened, I'd look over and be like, how's he reacting? <laughs> I mean, this movie is... The best way I can put it is that it's it's a huge love letter to fans of Scream. Definitely. There are some very bold choices that I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, and we'll, of course, dive deep into those. Knife deep. Um, Ooh. Chill. I know. I'm sorry. But I, I, I loved it. I think it, it's fresh. I think it's brutal. It is funny and sad. It's uh, exciting. I did not breathe for the first 30 to 40 minutes because I just didn't know what I was getting. But it uses the new cast and, and kind of weaves them into the the OG cast and and it does it in a fresh and meta way which is just how Scream does it um every movie has kind of tapped into the horror trend of the moment whether it's sequels trilogies remakes and now this term that they've coined for the movie which is requel I kind of like actually yeah so I I adore it I mean Sydney Prescott is Sydney Prescott there's reverence for Wes Craven. There's reverence for Sydney, Gale, and Dewey, for Woodsboro itself. Count me, count me a fan. I, I don't have a ranking yet because I've only seen it once, so I don't know where this sits in in my personal scream ranking. But there was no way I was gonna go in and not love this. Bias again, the same way we talked when we did Grease. I have bias, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is, I mean, scream fan right here. It was it's a direct hit. So, uh, of course, how we always do with new releases, we're going to do a few quick initial thoughts before we dive into spoilers, because there are many spoilers if you have not seen this movie yet. This is opening weekend. So if you are comfortable and you feel safe and you feel that you can go to the movie theater safely, definitely go see this with the with a crowd. It's it's I know things are really scary right now. So if you choose to not go see this movie, that's totally understandable. If you safely can, do so, and then come listen to us. Um, Because there are many surprises, many twists and turns to be had. Lacey. Come to me first, because you got a guaranteed happy camper today. 
(laughs) (laughs) I think what I wrote on Letterboxd is how I still feel. And I said, yes, 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 yes. I had such a good time. I had such a good time. Was it a perfect movie? I don't think so. There were definitely things I would have tweaked or changed. Um, I would. I would. But I thought it did. It just it felt like a love letter to the fans. And it I felt like it paid really great homage to the original cast. Like you said, Rashawn, it interweaved the new cast into the already existing storyline so well. Count me two thumbs up. Yes, Scream 5. You're in my safety net. Sorry. <laughs> I <Okay>. know. <laughs> I know. Are we calling it Scream 5? No. Well. Well, okay. Two thumbs up, Scream, the requel. <laughs> there we go. There we Joshua. go. Joshua. What? God, we are literally 15 minutes into this. That was you're a, already. That was, a, that was a clarifying question. Because there, it's a there's going to be a lot of comparisons between the original, and I wanted to have a distinctive marker. We'll say when we're discussing, we'll say twenty two or OG. How's that? Great. Josh, talk to me. So, like you said, this is we have to kind of tiptoe around our main review because it's very spoiler heavy. I'll also go to my letterbox review. Uh, shout out letterbox, Josh Vetter. Um, picture me as a toddler. Go follow me. This felt like. Spider-Man No Way Home, but for Scream. And I mean that exactly how you think I mean it. If to you that's derogatory, then I mean it derogatorily. But if you think that's a good thing, then it's absolutely a good thing. To me, it was a good thing. I enjoy I had a really good time in this movie. Like Lacey said, I things I would change, things I took personally. But uh. <laughs> I had a good fucking time watching this movie. There are some really standout performances in it. I was entertained from the beginning to the end. Not once did I like check my clock or not clock, check my watch. (laughs) The grandfather clock I, I keep strapped. Not once did I check my watch or like get bored. I was entertained from start to finish. So like one and two thirds thumbs up for Scream the Requel. The OG. All right. All right. Is that not good enough for you? (laughs) No, because I think you're using No Way Home as a shield and I don't like it. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's my, it's, that's, it had the same energy to me. Same vibe. Disagree, but we'll fight about it. (laughs) Using it as a compliment. No, I'm I'm mad already. Um, (laughs) So we didn't talk about it outside the AMC, but obviously I have a roommate. We drove home together. It wasn't a silent drive. (laughs) And I got a preview of coming events, as Ghostface says. (gasps) Carmella. Yes? The floor is yours. Rashani. I didn't like this one. (gasps) (gasps) Oh, boy. Talk your talk. I'm sorry. Listen, everything... My lovely co-hosts have said I can't disagree with. I had a good ass time. I had fun. I had an eighteen dollar goddamn drink from the fucking AMC. <laughs> ghost face um, themed. Ghost face themed because we love a theme. And I was with my friends, and it's a horror movie, and I had a good time. I don't think anyone can like walk out of a movie like this and be like, I was fucking bored. 
it's not really about that. I think um, when you bring some people back to a movie like this, not everyone needs to come back. You, there were some liberties that were taken that I don't think they should have been taken. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it at that. I have okay. a lot to nitpick. Um, so if you want to go ahead and run that spoiler joint, go ahead and run it. Exciting. <sighs> this is the... This is... I feel like Carmela and I have had a pretty solid alliance on this show. Yeah, I, I was literally just about to say, I don't know that you two have ever fully disagreed. Yeah, I don't think so and, either. And this is the episode she decides to show her ass. <laughs> her whole booty. Whole Cheeks ass out, crack. baby. Let's get into spoilers. Before this tale, bloody revenge reaches its climax. I have a few unanswered questions. It's our little secret. My girlfriend already seen the movie. She said they don't need to stay together in the end. Okay. There are many choices made in Scream. In Scream 22. 22. One of the biggest decisions is on a macro level to take all of the new characters and connect them to our legacy characters from the OG. Our main character, Sam, played by Melissa Barrera, reveals about 30-40 minutes in that she is the daughter of Billy Loomis. Wild. The illegitimate daughter. Illegitimate, which means during the events of Scream, <laughs> Billy was cheating on Sydney with I mean, that's hardly one of the worst things he did when they were together, right. but... That, that's believable. <laughs> yeah, that's totally yeah. believable. Right. So he uh, had an affair with a different student and was not aware. Well, I guess she found out she was pregnant while all this was transpiring. He was revealed and killed to be a serial killer, and so she kept it a secret. In comes Sam. In addition to that, we get... The visual of Ski Ulrich appearing to Sam more than a few times. What the fuck, man? <laughs> the first time it happens. Uh, I um, I gasped. We I all smacked did. you. I smacked yeah. you. Yeah. And I was times. like, wait, that's, that's Billy. He's in the mirror. Okay. You're, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. I feel like for anyone going to see it, that's kind of where you're going to be divided. Like, you're either going to go with it or you're like, no. Mela, you said no. Yeah. Um. To reiterate what I said in the theater and just 30 seconds ago, what the fuck is what? Why are we <laughs> doing this? The thing that got... <laughs> The thing that gets me is that in the memory or in the mirror or whatever it is in her mind he's still wearing the white t-shirt with blood with the 1990s haircut but looks 50 60 in a face like it's just so they strange tried. to me and that's the thing they tried but why 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 not just him be how he looks now he doesn't have to have the blood we clearly as people in the audience this is not our first scream movie Definitely seen the first one, if not all of them. So if Billy appears to us in the mirror, we're going to know who he is, even if he's like 
whatever. He, whatever he's wearing, he doesn't need to be wearing what he was wearing when he died. It's just, Mella, that was strange. Haven't you heard that when you pass, your spirit keeps the clothes of the that you're wearing when you pass? I guess so. I liked it. If I can compare it to Spider-Man. Um... <laughs> There was a the moment in Spider-Man that is in the trailers. It's like when Doc Ock and Green Goblin shows up. They show up, and if you watched it in the premiere, there was like a very like kind of feigned surprise, cheering, excitement. Like you said, Rashawn, you didn't see any of the trailers. The trailers for this were pretty much just the first scene. This was probably one of the most well-kept secrets in mm-hmm. recent movie history. The fact that Billy Loomis kind of comes back. It was a palpable for real shock that came over in the theater when we were watching it it wasn't like the sort of marvel like all right this has been leaked everyone knows it's coming but we're supposed to be excited and surprised this was like a real visceral like holy shit like from everybody Mm -hmm. and it set the bar for like what are they gonna do what are they gonna do next because when he first comes on it's pretty early in the movie when you first see him in the reflection of the mirror And I was like, if that had been it, I would have been like, I would have been happy with it. I would have been like, that was such a cool cameo. But then for him to continually come back and to see that psychological struggle that Samantha has because of it and because of her relation to him was so cool. And to have that, I mean, he was such an asshole and we only got 30 minutes of that real asshole-ishness in the first one. So, like, to see full bad Billy every time we saw him was really cool. IMO. I think I lean towards liking it. The thing I didn't like was there was some exposition delivered through image Billy. Like, when he talked about her taking her meds, and it's like, have have Jack Quaid's character talk Mm -hmm. about her taking her meds. I'm writing it off in my head. (laughs) Why I'm pro-Billy image. Is if you think, she never really knew him, she didn't meet him, but... When she heard he died, she probably looked up the police report, looked it up online. The last image in her head of her father is probably what she saw from the crime scene. Billy all cut up and bloody. And two, we're introduced to her. The first thing we see her doing is taking her her meds to sort of keep that at bay. Mm Mm-hmm. And as the movie goes on, we never, she does it one more time. But as the movie goes, we see her take her meds less and less. And Billy shows up more and more and more. So it tracks that she's no longer taking her meds because she's too worried about everything that's going on in Woodsboro. And because of that, Billy is showing up more and more because she stopped taking her meds. I hated it, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) I thought it was just like so corny. I get wanting to see him. But do it in like a different way, like even like in a flashback or I'll give you one of these, but one, one, I'll give you one. I'll just, just give one? you. The, yeah, one. Because you're like, oh, my God. OK, because we've already seen two, three, four without him. So but but I think it's less. And here's why I'm very OK with it is because I think it's less about whether or not you've seen the movies and more about what this movie is about, which is Mm -hmm. poking fun at the requel, which is, sorry, I'm going to spoil a few recent movies. I mean, the ones she talks about in the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What, what Mindy talks about during her big speech, a lot of those movies bring back a deceased character in CGI ghost form. It's going to sound like I'm making excuses, but I think scream gets away with it because if it is cheesy, I hesitate to not believe that it's it's not intentional. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think, I think it worked for the character. So I think it. I think it was twofold. I think it worked for the character, and I think it also worked to kind of make fun of all of the movies that Mindy name drops mm-hmm. during her speech. Right. Um. Most recently, I think Ghostbusters just did it, and it was like the exact same feeling. Here, you're just like shit. Did they really? Uh, I don't. You could tell me. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry if nobody's seen Afterlife, but the last five minutes of Afterlife, Harold Ramis shows up in in ghost form, and he has, like, a beard. He's, like, gray beard. All of the Ghostbusters come back, and then Harold Ramis appears as a ghost next to them. And it's, like, the last five minutes of the movie. Mm. And for some people, it works, and and it was nostalgia, and it was heartbreaking for them, and to see him. He doesn't say anything. He's just well, there, and he kind of nods better. when they, you know, acknowledge him. He nods. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that I'm not completely trying to excuse it, but I think the cheesiness of it is kind of Scream doing what Scream does best, where it's like calling attention to it and also reveling in it a little bit. And I love that you said reveling because that final moment when huge spoiler for the are we like we're in huge spoiler I mean, territory? We're, we're, we're revealing yeah, yeah. Billy. We're okay, revealing all of it. so <laughs> loved the final moment where Samantha got a manic stabbing out on Richie at the yeah. end. That's where you saw the full like the the effects of this like Billy Loomis personality that she has been dealing with show itself. It it did. It just felt. Good. <laughs> so much good. so that we get the the visual recreation of his last knife raise. Yes. Before he gets shot in the in the first scream, and I I just thought it was great. I loved it. Me too. Right, I'm turning on you a little bit. I know. Let's go. Let's do it. We need to talk about it. Okay. Stew. <laughs> okay. Go this ahead. movie paid incredible reverence and and homages to all of the original cast Mm -hmm. especially obviously billy except for Stu. it felt like they kind of ignored him and i understand it's his house and they kind of brought it up and 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 amber is basically doing a Stu impression Mm -hmm. but the love vince is his nephew right that was such a throwaway i'm sorry that was there was not enough of that for me to even care who is Vince again? Hold on. Exactly. Kyle Golner. <laughs> um the the douchebag at the beginning. Oh. Shit. Okay. It, so he's he was Stu's the, nephew. Yeah, I think the whole finale is set at his house. But the the house is a character. The house right. doesn't mm-hmm. have to do with Stu. The house is its own character. Sidney Prescott does talk about Stu, mm-hmm. but it it felt it didn't feel fair. Because like Stu is Stu especially Matthew Lillard's performance when he breaks mentally as Stu is one of the most iconic things in the entire franchise. The The biggest nod we got to it was just Amber kind of mimicking it. And like even Jamie Kennedy's character got that really sweet shrine. And like you got you got the scene from Stab, which is Jamie Kennedy's scene. Like, and like, like and Jasmine Savoy's Jasmine Savoy Brown's full rendition. Wendy. Yeah, Randy rendition that she has. Like we got and and you know, it was small, but seeing Tatum's memorial box in Dewey's house 
And like, it was her ashes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just felt like there was a lot of homages to the originals, except for Stu. Well, the I'll, I'll be right back is, is his. Here's why it doesn't bother me. You a, number so- one, I didn't have any precedence or expectation for it. And you turned to me when we were at dinner. You were like, here's what I think is going to go down. Because Josh is going to Josh. Stu's coming back. And I was like, well, if that's what you think. I mean, it was half but joke, you be, half But you be mephisto in when there ain't no Mephisto <laughs> to Mephisto. So I, I, did, I didn't mind the minimal Stu callbacks because it was just like his presence looms large over the movie so i was i was okay with that because josh and i obviously drove home together and we talked as well (laughs) it would have been really hard with the way that Stu went out to bring him back and not have it do a disservice to the impact that he made in that first film you know what i mean like it would I wanted him back just because this is a Matthew Lillard Stan podcast and mm-hmm. <laughs> we love the king that is Matthew Lillard. I love him. I wanted him back just because I love him, but like thinking about it logistically, like it would have felt a little cheap. It would have not, you know. Kind of like Billy and Amir. No, because he <laughs> was a phantasm. Carmella. He wasn't even a phantasm. He was a psychotic break for yeah. a, an already mentally broken character. I will say, and I agree with Lacey, is that when we were talking in the car, I kind of stopped and I took a step back and just said, as a writer, how would I write Stu into this? And I didn't mm-hmm. have an answer. Because so. mm-hmm. he has no connection to Sid. They talked a lot about how there's two killers and there's always two killers. I would have even just loved some more recognition. I don't know. Just talk about Stu a little more. Just one or two lines. Um, What are you talking about, Rashawn? He has no connection to Sid. He always had a thing for her. Yeah, but that wasn't mutual. Like... Sam and Sydney's, you know, connection is that they both have this past with Billy. I don't think if if Sam had turned out to be Stu's kid, I don't think that they would still have that same camaraderie that they start to build throughout the movie. No, I agree. I I, I mean, I I'm expect- saying all this. I I love <laughs> Stu and I love Matthew Lillard's performance. This movie is filled to the brim with callbacks and Easter eggs, mm-hmm. and it might have just started to feel a little too. Just give me like one or two. Go, Carmella. (laughs) Showing your ass. Go. Tell me more. What what else didn't you like? Okay. We're trying to figure out who's Ghostface, what's happening, yada yada. Mindy gets a light bulb. Ah, it's a requel. We're all connected. Okay. Right? Okay. We know this. We we're in Scream, we're in Wordsboro. Everything's gotta be connected from jump. As an audience, it's a murder mystery. We know this. We're trying to figure it out. Why does everyone have to be connected? <laughs> I know. I know because she says so. But what the fuck? Everything has to be connected. You guys have to be the nephew and the niece of Randy. You guys have to be a cousin. You have like it is so much to the point where if, if it was just a few characters that were connected, I would be like, Absolutely, you could just be a friend that's gonna get murked. Everyone is not connected. They're not. It's literally just a few people. Liv is not connected at all, other than she's dating Chad. Amber's um, not connected. Amber's not connected at all, except she lives in the house. Richie's she's not a killer. Connect- I mean, Amber's a killer, so I doesn't. Well, yeah, but she's not connected to the. She's not. She previous- doesn't have a relative. Yeah. And she, she is the reason that all of these people are 
a part of a friend group. Like she, who Amber? They've been yeah, yeah. They've been doing. They've been working on this to get Sam to come back because Tara doesn't know that she has. She doesn't have any connection. That's what I was gonna say. Tara isn't even connected at all, other than being Sam's sister. She's not technically related to or connected to the original cast at all. So that's what I saw what Mel was getting at. And so that's what I wanted to ask you, Rashawn. You think Amber's been coordinating this friend group for a long time? Because my I would slightly agree with Mel that they're already a friend group and all of these connections happen to be within this friend group. If they was like, oh shit, well, Mindy, yes, I'm the niece, but I also have a twin brother, but he's not part of the friend group, but we should bring him in. It just, so you think Amber's been orchestrating this for so long that she's kind of got this group together on purpose? I don't. I don't know orchestrating because a lot of them don't seem to like Amber that much, but I do think or each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they don't seem to like each other, which I I love the animosity between mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. but they still like stick together. I do feel like because she says they ask her like, "How did you know who Sam's father was?" and she's like, "It's a small town, and your mom's a drunk. It's a small town, and if nobody left the town." Of course, all the kids are going to be related to their parents, and they're going right. to be related to each other. Can confirm from a small town that does happen. <laughs> yeah, and like, so I, I mean, it's not that far fetched. It's I get it. Like that's what I'm saying. I think that's what I was saying in the car. Is I can get it on paper, like when you're explaining it to me, but that doesn't mean that I like it. Like thematically, I, <laughs> it, it seemed very convenient. Yes, it's just like, oh, what a kawinky dink. Both of them are the niece and nephew of Randy, and there's a shrine. What? This is scream. What do you it's mean? Scream. Like, I know. Billy and, Billy and Stu like killed her mother, and then started dating her, and then became friends. Like, right? It's, and it's I always to, been convenient. I had to let some of that go because I'm like, remember, bitch, you're in Scream. This is what yeah. happens. But I feel like the minute I would let something go. Five more Easter eggs and like callbacks and everything would just be hitting you over the head. That it's like, like a Marvel movie, very much like a Marvel movie. And I'm getting them all because I mean mm-hmm. I know this more than Marvel, but I was just like, this is loaded. Like this is super jam packed with everything from the first movie. This is the franchise that has always done it. Like it's mm-hmm. the norm now, mm-hmm. but since '96, this is the franchise where it's been standard. You know what I mean? Everything's loaded. Everything's meta. Everything's convenient and connected because they know horror movies and they're in a horror movie. Right. I would like to talk about the screamness of it all because (laughs) there were times that, no, this is mainly good. What I was talking about earlier, I think Jenna Ortega was unbelievable in this movie. She was so good. Like some of the best uh, horror movie acting I've seen since like OG Nev and OG Jamie Lee. She was really, really good. Unbelievable. Um, so I loved, I loved the sort of kids nowadays prefer a twenty four horror movies versus slashers. I loved that little mm-hmm. elevated bit. horror. Yeah, mm-hmm. elevated horror. It got a little. This is tricky because I agree with the points the movie was making. Mm-hmm. In that, it got a little. Also, love the defense of Ryan Johnson's Star Wars. Incredible, <laughs> truly incredible stuff. It got a little too preachy for me. Sorry, that's the only word I can think of. When it came to Richie's monologue at the end about how they met on Dreadit and how, you know, movies are too PC and they need to go back to how they were. And it was a little too on the nose. Like, the the point was made a long time ago and we're still, like, he's still going on and on. And 
Billy and Stu had such specifically Billy had such interesting motivation in the first one that like Stu does not have a good motivation. Mm-mm. I mean, mainly Billy. Stu the same <laughs> same with Amber. Amber doesn't really have that much of a motivation. No, She's just following right. Richie. So so I'll just compare Billy and Richie. Billy had such an interesting, compelling motivation that Richie going on and on and on and on about fan culture got a little tiresome and a little like, okay, okay, we heard this already. See, but that's kind of why I dug it so much because everything before this has been a personal, it's personal, it's personal. And now it's just like, it's, it's a fucking crazy fanatic who just wants to do something horrible. I was like, this is my, they've taken ownership of the franchise and they're like, no, this is how it should be done. And it's just, in retrospect, it's such a good, it's probably my favorite motive. Wow. Outside of Jill's, it's probably my favorite motive. Wow. Damn. It's, that's, I like the motive, but I guess the, it was the monologuing about it that kind of got old for me. Like he kept going and it's like, just keep, just. just Keep stabbing. We get, we get it. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Keep stabbing. Carmella. I liked, I liked the motive. It just, maybe for me, because I already agree with it so much. Like Yeah, the, I get what you're I saying. I agree with what the movie was saying, not with what Richie was saying. I agree with what the movie is saying so much that having Richie say it over and over and over, I was like, I agree with you. I get it. I yeah, yeah, This yeah. is cool. Continue. Right. But that's that's the internet now. Like, yeah. That's, that's true. I mean... We're still talking about No Way Home. You know what I mean? Like, people are still pissed about The Last Jedi. I love that Ryan Johnson directed a stab movie. That's just incredible. <laughs> it's so good. And, and, it's so and good. People hated it, and people hated it more than anything. Yeah, and that's well, so that he's he is the embodiment of that just wave of people that are like, not my Star Wars, not my Jurassic Park, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think it's, the script is just genius. I know, I know that there are corny lines here and there, and but I that know that scream. it kind of that scream and it and it treads in melodrama, soap twist. I get it, but that's since day one. It's it's been like that, and I just um, the more I talk about it, the more I find myself loving it, <laughs> hating Carmela. <laughs> I agree with you on pretty much everything, but I just want you to know, for future reference, I'm putting the term that scream into my pocket and it's uh-huh. going to come up later. <laughs> but no, you can't do that because this vibe and this tone, they're not just All right, I would doing like to it because that's the trend. They're not doing it because it's the trend now. They're doing it because they oh, I don't are... Mean like- for like Marvel movies, I mean for movies I plan on bringing this year. <laughs> oh my god! Whatever. Talk that's about Wild now. Wild West, baby. Oh my god! <laughs> there are only so many times you can say it before you actually have to put it on the schedule, Josh. You put it on put the it fucking on the, calendar. Put it on the I'm so scared. I haven't watched it in ten years. I'm so scared. Maybe do a pre-watch. I'm gonna do a Check pre-watch. In. Yeah, man. Mela, um, you have some things to say about tone. Maybe not tone. I don't know what the word is. We'll decide. Okay, Scream 1 and 2. I'm not going to talk about the third one. I just don't know it that well. Have such a distinct tone to it. And that's obviously Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson, right? That's why we love it. I wish that this one had more of that. It's hard to put into words. I feel like the writing was almost kind of there when they were in the school and the quad and all of the kids were kind of doing this banter 
but it still wasn't there for me. And I know it's like a completely different movie, completely different writer, but they do so much to tell you like, this is meta. We're, re- we're going back to the first one. We're talking about all the things. Billy's in the fucking mirror again. Like they're doing so much to give love to the first one that I feel like the look and feel of it, I was missing it as well. And that's not for me to be like, well, then just go watch the first one. Well, I feel like they're telling me to do so. They're they're hitting you on the head so hard to be like, this is a requel. We're doing it all again. And I'm like, okay, if we're going to do it all again, let's fucking do it all again. Let's let's have the characters do that with witty banner and those corny lines. On paper in the first one, when when Tatum and Billy and Stu and everyone are sitting on the fountain, as an actor, when you're reading it, those lines would be really interesting to say. You'd be like, how do I say this without sounding corny? But I have to sound like a cool teen. But they do it so well. And we love that about it. Like there's so many lines that like, bam, the bitch went down. On paper, I'd be like, how do I fucking say this? But then fucking Rose McGowan does it. And you're like, dude, she's so cute. And it's so funny. And it's so witty. That when we get to this one, I'm like, I just, I'm missing so much of that. It's almost like I think in the direction where I'm like, I would have told them like, you guys, go watch what they do and take a little bit of that into this one because me as a fan, that's what I'm missing from it. You sound like Amber. Well, (laughs) you guys better fucking watch out. Oh my God. I just, um, I get what you're saying. And there will never be another OG. There will never Mm -hmm. be another screen. But... I don't know. Please, you go. <laughs> I feel like this does, though, the best that it can without just giving you the same thing. It gives us likable but also annoying teenagers. It gives us the meta. It gives us the melodrama. It gives us all of this heightened. I buy into it. I think it does it really well. I think it does the best it can do. Oh, shut up, Carmela. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, Ghostface. <laughs> He's sparkly. He's <laughs> Carmela discovered that he's sparkly. <laughs> Did y'all know that? I didn't he's know been that. sparkly. I have I never seen I've never seen the sparkles. I that was cute. They did a really good job, as good of job I think since the first one. The first one so revolutionary because you saw Ghostface like get kicked and fall, and you're like, oh, this is just a guy in a in a mask. Because you have these Michael Myerses and these these Freddies and Jasons and otherworldly tanks or like mystical creatures or like they can't be killed and this guy's just a dude in a mask who can like <laughs> a seventeen year old could kick him in 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 the gut and he'll fall over and I think this captured that really well. With, we love clumsy ghost face. <laughs> with the addition of the preparedness of two super fans so like wearing mm. kevlar having multiple knives having a, a voice modulator that's attached in this suit so they don't have to hold it up i think this is the coolest ghost face i think since one it's it's true to one with a modern touch of like okay i've seen how other ghost face die and how other ghost face get defeated i'm gonna prepare for that they've also watched eight movies so they're right they're ready to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he was just. Um, they were nasty with it. Those Ooh. kills were rough, dude. Kills were very brutal. Probably, Wes's death was probably the worst. Dylan. Oh, death. through the neck, man. Yeah. Jesus. Here's something that I'm pretty proud of that I noticed. 
I think, for the most part, Amber's deaths were the sort of frantic stab, 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 stab that you saw at the beginning um, with Tara. Mm -hmm. And you saw with the sheriff. Richie, the adult man who's seen it, who kind of knows, he killed um, Vince and he killed Wes. The quick stabs in the neck, the efficient, like, I'm not going to miss, I'm going to kill you. Bang, right Mm -hmm. in the neck. Mm -hmm. I think that was Richie. And Amber's was sort of the frantic missing body parts, just kind of stabbing where you can. And Richie knew what he was doing and was surgical and like was definitely going to get a kill. Oh, I think that's a good analysis. Boom. (laughs) I (laughs) can we talk about the death? So it was inevitable. I really I think I even said when we did Scream last year, oh, they're not going to kill anybody. (laughs) If they do the new Scream, the trio is not going to get touched. Boy, was I wrong. Oh, I took, painfully. Took my Dewey. They took wanna, my Dewey. Yeah, I want to hear what you're thinking first, Rochelle. I feel like I knew once they showed him kind of grizzled and beat down that they were doing kind of a, a Han Solo riff. Mm. And even his death is kind of two knives on both ends, like the lightsaber through, through mm-hmm. Han Solo. So I, I was a little prepared for it. I am heartbroken that he and Sid never saw each other again. Yeah, it was it was really sad. And I like I got really emotional when he died. But I guess it uh, they didn't touch Sid. So <laughs> <laughs> well, they touched I mean, they, her. They fucked her up. They touched her. They did stab her, but she gets stabbed every time. It's fine. Well, it she got stabbed in this one and in four. But yeah, I, I, I hate that Dewey's dead, but I'm glad that at least Sid is. And they acknowledge that she's like, I always survive. I'm good. Mm hmm. Is it's it's meta and I love it and and they just respected the the OG three so much in this movie mm-hmm. that I I was very very happy with how they handled the three of them. That was one of my favorite deaths in all the screen franchise. I think in terms of the weight behind it and the character building and the moment, like Lacey and I talked about it a lot in the car, and that and you know he had he has his moment of remembering the rules. He gets his final save. He saves two more people. He beats the shit out of Ghostface. And it's not his fault that Ghostface was wearing Kevlar. He did everything right. And then he remembered to go for the, the kill shot. And I think it was it was cinematic. It was gruesome. But it was also shot really well. Like the, the wide shot from the ground up where you see both knives getting lifted up. And it kind of lifts Dewey up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think it was it, fantastic. It, to end it with It's an Honor. Oh my god! Oh, you didn't you didn't know there was some tricky editing in the trailers. Um, that line is used with Sydney. He goes, "Sydney, it's an honor," and Ooh. but it makes it seem like he's just talking to Sydney in the trailers. Yeah. So that was some tricky editing where, and I love the use of it in this incredible death. I loved it. Yeah, I was so too. Like you have to think about the the tragedy of it all too i mean we're losing dewey we're losing you know one of the three iconic characters and what's his last moment his last moment is seeing gail reaching out to him and calling him and seeing her face on his phone like that to me just like ruined me ruined me camilla i don't like your tone what are you talking about i haven't said anything yeah tone yeah you just need to be fixed 
<laughs> I'm literally sitting here just listening to my friends. Well, what did you think of the Dewey Death? I thought it was great. Little cr- him okay. crunching on the glass. You're so full of shit. That's I what did. you took away him crunching on the glass. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find little things. No, I you really, really didn't like this movie, and it's oh, breaking my, goal. my heart. Did I not say it was entertained? I was entertained. Are you I'm not entertained? Saying, I'm entertained when I watch the reality shows that you guys watch. Those that's not the same thing. Did not fully enjoy I did not fully like this movie, no. I think it had a lot of things that reboots do that I don't like. Like that I can sit there and be like, why did they that's redo the this? Point. Yeah. And then they're like, well, that's the point. And so I'm like, well, fuck, I guess I have to like it. I don't know. I just don't feel like I don't like it that much, to be honest with you. It's going to fall. It's going to fall at the very bottom of my list of my screen list. Oh, my God. You don't even know three that much. What are you talking about? Okay. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Let's talk about some. I want to talk about some Easter eggs. Um, Speaking of three. Sydney is married to Detective <laughs> Kincaid. Uh, uh, when they mention Mark, uh, Patrick Dempsey's character, like my heart just swelled. I love it. She has two <laughs> two little kids. Rashawn with- turned to me, not even to me, but just kind of to himself when the when the reveal happens with her jogging down with her stroller, and I just hear Rashawn go, "She's a mom." <laughs> like, <laughs> like totally. The sweetest thing ever. The sweetest Which, thing. I know we're talking about Easter eggs, but I want to also praise. I think that's fan. The only reason to get Sydney to leave this life she has is if you now put her kids in danger, and I think that yeah. was a really great tool and a really great motivation for her. Like she's safe and, and she's killing married. Dewey. Yeah, Dewey's death and and knowing that the killer is going for the OG. She mm-hmm. she is so confident that she's not going to die. Whatever. But now she's got kids, so like mm-hmm. perfect motivation to get her off her ass. Like I'm, I'm killing this guy so he can't touch my kids. Yeah. yeah. Kirby's alive. Got confirmation. Oh, yeah. oh love it. Which one? Um, Wait, I missed that. There's, when? There's a scene when Richie is watching a YouTube review of Stab Eight. Um, on the side. Recommended I was like videos. scanning the recommended videos. It says Kirby, like Survivor. Kirby. I totally missed that. Yay, Kirby. So Kirby's alive. A lot of the stabbings, there's a a moment when Richie in the hospital, he gets stabbed and sliced on his arm. That's a Derek Derek callback in Scream 2, which is why I was like, oh, he's not the killer. I was wrong the whole movie. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. This also, I'm interrupting you again. Go ahead. But that's something they did in Scream 1 that I think they did really well here is I think out the gate, Dewey immediately pointed at Richie. And when they're talking at the beginning, you're like, I don't like Amber. Something's wrong with Amber. Scream 1 kind of showed you. It's like, hey, Billy and Stu are fucking weird and creepy. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of them. And the movie, as the movie goes on, you're like, no, it's not Billy and Stu. It's got to be someone else. This kind of does the same thing. It's like, hey, Richie is this boyfriend who just kind of came out of nowhere and insists on being part of this. And Amber's this sort of mean, controlling person of the friend group. Yeah. It's probably them. And then as the movie goes along, you're like, no, it can't be them. And then it yeah. is. Right. I know, I'm I'm a hypocrite. Because there were so many lines that were just like, we said that in a different scream. And I was like, yep, 
Love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love the use of Nev on the phone with Ghostface and Mm -hmm. her just complete dismissal of I'm bored. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. Wait! Um, Her whole going door to door the same way that Jamie does in Halloween 18 and kind of just like shooting through the doors and, and then kicking in. Yeah, I could gush about this movie all day. I don't know. Do it. Keep going. It's your day, you know boo. The uh, lemon squares on the refrigerator. So the sweet. That she left for Wes. Yeah. She's still making her lemon squares. Yeah. And she's dead also, as fuck. And the, oh, memorial, the memorial being for Wes where the last thing takes For Wes. Place. Yeah. yeah. Really sweet. Yeah. I love it. What do we think um, about my boy Jackie Quaid? I, I want to watch it again. I'll say that. I'll say this. He had the line that he said it. All four of us laughed incredibly loud in the theater and no, no, no one, one else, else did. did. When he pulled up and was like, let's get the fuck out of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was so good. All four of us died and no one else. Was Nobody laughing. else laughed. The <laughs> audience wasn't, wasn't feeling it, I feel like. They weren't like completely in. I don't well, know. We were cutting up, dude. Well... Also, the Jack Quaid, Jasmine, Savoy Brown moment, the I'll be back. Yeah, uh, that was fucking uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that good. That was one of my favorites. She was just She, she was, was great, amazing. She was a great, yeah, reincarnation, I guess, of, of her uncle. Mm-hmm. It was the most Amber, Amber, that actress, what's her name? Mikey. Mikey, Mikey Madison. Madison did Mikey Madison did I think as well as possible. I want I want to make this very clear. Like the Herculean task of trying to imitate Stu from Scream One, I would not wish that on anybody. And I think she did as well as she could. I didn't I didn't think they were going for Stu personally. I don't I want to say imitate, but she had the it's same like frantic like, like she had the same frantic yeah. sidekick energy to me. This is also the second time she's played a psycho who gets set on fire because <laughs> um, oh, yeah. she was in the finale of once upon a time in hollywood oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. and but leo lights her ass on fire <laughs> with that thrower. being said i think mindy meeks martin played by jasmine's boy brown i think is the most that was just randy she felt like the character that was just most in that world mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't like that chad didn't die why? What? I love that he was still he got, alive. Do you know the artery in your leg is the biggest and most vulnerable artery and will cause you to bleed out the fastest? You know Get why out I of know here that, with facts, Josh, Josh? Because the woman next to me said it. <laughs> so yeah, I do actually know that. But like he should have bled out from his leg. And I, I loved his scene and his death and the, the, the detail of him not being able to unlock his phone mm-hmm. because of his bloody fingers. Mm-hmm. They translated the OG scream to 2022 and the things that you would face in 2022 so really well. well. The share my location yeah. thing. Like that ah, so was so cool. Yeah. The fact that it was always, which is why I didn't even think it was her. The fact that the killer was always cloning, quote unquote, Amber's phone mm-hmm. when it was just Amber. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really, really neat. Can I say um, one one more thing about Jack Quaid really quick? Hell yeah. I really liked that he was a true nice guy. Everyone else in the movie suspected him at one point, except for me. Like, I really didn't think it would be the love interest. Whereas we had Billy in the first one who was like, 
is he a nice guy? Is he a jerk? He's manipulating her to have sex. He's, you know, like he wasn't a, a good guy through and through. So to have someone you believe pretty much throughout, oh, mm-hmm. he's just a good boyfriend. To have that switch was really, it was such a good payoff. And I feel like he did it really, really well. You know, I love him, but my praise aside, it's also very good casting. Jack Quaid mm-hmm. is like perfectly unassuming Mm-hmm. nice little yeah. curly hair white guy perfect little <laughs> couldn't do better if they had timothy chalamet you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really talk about courtney cox we didn't and i she she felt like the most um evolved of the three yes um where she would have there were a lot of things gail would have done in the past or said to people in the past that she felt held back mm-hmm and I love the callback to her bangs. <laughs> so good. Those damn bangs. She's great. Yeah, I loved her her reaction to, to Dewey's death. I, f- I feel like was genuine. And, and the fact that they were both mature enough to play out their, like they've been doing throughout the series, play out their real life relationship yeah. on screen, I, I think was just great. And I'm really sad that the, they weren't all three together at any point, but... Bring on screen six. Let's you, play. That's what game. I want to ask you. Before, <laughs> before you say it, I wanted to ask you, do you think they're making another one? I think if they do, they've said goodbye to Sydney and Gail. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got the Meeks twins, which I'm I'm so happy. That's mm-hmm. why I'm happy that he, he survived because Dewey even said he's been stabbed seven times and mm-hmm. he's still here. You know, and, he had a separate And physically and speaking, someone with his muscle mass would be more likely to survive a stabbing. Mm-hmm. And they're just great. I love the twins. Yeah, he was great them. too. I'm ready. I'm ready for step six. Uh, stab six? Scream six. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> Let's play a game. I want to play a game. All right, everyone. Gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I guessing game. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Riddle me that. All right, you guys. Um, we are in a requel. Ah! In this movie, Ghostface, like he always does, makes a few phone calls. So we're all in the room and we're trying to figure out who the killer is. So we're making some accusations. <gasps> this game is called Who's Calling? <laughs> who, who, who's calling? Um, who, who, who's calling? Who's calling? Um, who's calling? So here's how it's going to work. You three all have your cell phones on you. You will answer the phone, of course, and I'm going to give you a line across film, television, or music with the word hello in it. You need to tell me who is saying hello and what piece of media it's from. Oh, no. But if you get it correctly, instead of getting a point, you need to accuse one of your other co-hosts. Okay. The person with the least amount of accusations at the end of the game will win. The person with the most is the killer. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Great. I'm going to do my best to um, accurately plug <laughs> these. <laughs> Please wait until I say who's calling. Okay. First phone call. Hello. It's me. You get the wait. Who's calling? Josh. That's Adele calling from her song, from. Hello. That's correct, Josh. Who would you like to accuse of being the killer? 
Lacey knows a lot. She's a big fan, super super fan. That doesn't mean I'm a killer. Is she a super fan like Richie or a super fan like Randy? I'm a I'm a Meeks baby. You're right, Mella. Me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think Mella, that was you right. have one accusation against you. Next phone call. Hello, gorgeous. Who's calling? Um, oh, I know. Oh! Josh? Julia Roberts. No. And now you have an accusation against you. Um, what? You're suspicious. You made the wrong call. Shit. Lacey? It is movie. It's my best friend's wedding. You now have an accusation against you. <gasps> Lacey, I mean, Mello, would you like Tell to... Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that he You're doesn't wrong. say that in the movie. Yes, but that's not the movie that I was doing. Rashawn, you have made an enemy now. I'll give you another accusation. Oh, are you brandished? <laughs> no idea. Sorry. This is Barbara Streisand from Funny Girl. Hmm. When she proud of me, Lacey, I, I remember it from my best friend's wedding. He says, hey, gorgeous. Oof. You can George go does. to hell. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll just go to the next call. Hello? Is it me you're looking for? Who's calling? Carmela, put your hand up. Josh? That'd be Lionel Richie from his song. Thank you. Who would you like to accuse? We're sitting pretty at one each, right? Yes. Lacey's really volatile right now, so if I accuse her, I feel like I'll make another enemy. You will. Yeah. yeah. Mella. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he has to live Mella's with me. Mella's in the lead. <laughs> Mella's in the lead with two accusations. Great. Next phone call. If it's not clear, if you make a guess and it's wrong. Get an accusation. No, that's clear. Yeah, okay, I, we got that one. Okay, great. Next phone call. Say hello to my little friend. Who's calling? <laughs> Carmela, you're going to lose this game. Lacey. What the fuck? Al Pacino, Scarface. Oh, that is correct. Yeah, okay. Who? Who would you like to Josh. Accuse? Wow. <laughs> okay. A yeah, white man. <laughs> what do they do about it? Nothing. Nothing. Jeez. Jeez. A white man? No! Well, what does security do about it? Nothing. Typical! Next phone call. Please wait until I say who's calling. <laughs> Whatever. Shut up. You had me at hello. Who's calling? Josh, you also raised your hand before I said it. What? Which means, Mella, who would you like to... Don't... I'm Mella. fast. No, she has to answer first. Renee Zellweger and Toby. And, uh, and, and um, Jerry Maguire. Toby? <laughs> Toby Maguire. <laughs> My favorite Tom Cruise vehicle, Toby Maguire. <laughs> who would you like to accuse? <laughs> Accusing Josh. I've been masterminded by Lacey. Josh? The walls are closing in on you. Okay. Next phone call. Hello, hello, hello. Who's calling? Mella. That is Miss RuPaul, baby. From? <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Who would you like to accuse? Um, Lacey. Oh, my God. 
it's there's only one winner. There's not one. There's two killers. Remember, there's two killers. So. Ah, shit. You can't just pile them up on me. That's what I wanted to do. You're a white man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next phone call. Well, hello. This is really hard. Really yeah, hard it is. We're all afraid to get next. You have to say so the line. Who's calling? <laughs> Literally anyone from any piece of film medium ever. <laughs> I, okay. I can't do a great Jimmy Stewart, but it's a wonderful life. Next call. Hello, ladies. Always was a sucker for a redhead. Who's calling? Oh, I know that one. Always was a sucker for a redhead. Oh, oh no. Who is that? I'm afraid to even, like, speculate the circumstance, because you'd be flinging those accusations fast and loose. It, mm. Uh, mm. I feel like no, I don't remember. Okay. I'll make a guess. That Yes, Lacey? Is it Demi Moore from Charlie's Angels Full Throttle? That is incorrect. Yeah, I know. That's a good guess, though. It, that phone call was from Angelina Jolie. Gone in 60 seconds. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have guessed it, but yes. This is okay. a game for Rashawn and Rashawn only. <laughs> okay, these last few are from Scream. Oh, shit. And that's all I will say. Just the first one? From the Scream franchise. Okay. No hello, Clarice? No. Too easy. Too easy. <clears throat> hello, it's me. <laughs> you got both of them. What are you complaining for? Okay, first one. And I need the correct killer. Fuck. Hello, Sydney. A preview of coming events. Who's calling? I'm too scared to guess now. I mean, that's gotta be me. No? Yes, Mella. I'm gonna go scream two. And that killer is... Um... What's her face? <laughs> Aunt Jackie. Aunt Jackie. <laughs> I don't know her name. Le- Lisa? Leanne? Lori Metcalf? Yeah, I was trying to think of the killer's name. Janice? I have a guess before you reveal if she's right or wrong. Go ahead. I feel like that's Scream 3. Is that Roman? So, Mela and Josh both have an accusation against them. Preview, but he's what a movie guy, so that's fuck? why he would say preview, you know what I mean? It is Rory Culkin from Scream 4. Oh, I remember that now. I don't. He actually says welcome home, Sydney, but I'm just fudging it a little bit. I'm just changing it. Actually, we have one of our killers. Joshua wonder Butter. who it could be. You are the first. You are the first ghost face. Um, I need a tiebreaker. Uh, this is going to be very quick between um, Mela and Lacey. Very quickly. What is my favorite opening scene from the franchise? Lacey. Well, now I'm scared. And now it feels too obvious. The opening scene in the movie theater in Scream 2. Great. Sorry, Carmelo, oh. you're a killer. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, congrats, Lacey. You're the, fi- you're the new final girl. Okay. That's like a goal. <laughs> I would love that in my life. Great. Wrapping things up, we can come to the conclusion that Mela has... No taste. 
Scream is a welcome uh, inclusion in the franchise. It definitely takes some bold swings that might not go over well for everyone, um, including bringing back some characters. But in poking fun at requels of late, it definitely makes an impact in the franchise and in the horror trend of the 2010s. And we're so happy that Sidney Prescott is still the sole survivor. We end each episode with a quick round of Six Degrees of Separation, where we connect an actor from this week's movie to an actor from next week's movie. So, who can find the fastest connection between... Let's do it. Have something fun. Between Roger Jackson and Doug Jones. Who's Roger Jackson? The voice of Ghostface. Oh. Can we use Scream? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just not 22. Okay. Roger Jackson was in Scream 2022. Don't talk it out! Where they mentioned Ryan Johnson. Oh my god. Knives out with Michael (laughs) (laughs) Baby, that's a stretch. (laughs) Where they mentioned Ryan Johnson. (laughs) Oh, I'm so close! (laughs) God damn it! I'm stuck on one actor. I I know, me too. Okay. Oh, I don't know if this counts. I don't know if this counts. What's his name? I'm so sorry. Roger. Roger Jackson. Roger Jackson. Okay. I'm going to say it. And if it doesn't count, it's okay. Sounds okay. Okay. Roger Jackson was in Scream with Nev Campbell, who is in The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride with Matthew Broderick. Who was in New Year's Eve with Sarah Jessica Parker, who was in Hocus Pocus with Doug Jones. That counts. Yeah, that counts. <laughs> I mean, they weren't Why in it, it together, but they were in it. Huh? What do you mean? Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Matthew Broderick weren't in New Year's Eve, like, in a scene together, but they were both Oh, in but they are both in the movie. Yeah. They are both in the movie. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to use Hocus Pocus? It's a good day. Congrats, Lise. I haven't won in such a long time. You haven't. You haven't. Oh, that's a good day. That's a good feeling. And with Doug Jones. And with Doug Jones. Well, guys, we can wrap up this chapter of my life. I'm going to stop talking about Scream. No, you won't. (laughs) I won't let you. And we can start talking about it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You guys? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's no more demerits. No more demerits. Demerits are out the window. I think Josh had like eight. Oh, I had the most. I had one and it was not fair. But it was deserved. It was not. Oh, don't even. I mean, you had a couple even. (laughs) I did. I did have a couple. Yeah. I can now take all the mutes off of my social media. (laughs) See screen content. That's it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we would love if you like, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify now as well. You can find this and all of our episodes on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, any platform you get your shows. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Rashawn. Mella. Josh. And Lacey. Don't answer your phone. It's an honor. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye.